Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to the Wijha Initiative podcast. These podcast episodes are recordings of our past events that we hold in person on a weekly basis. We hope that by listening to the podcast, you'll be inspired to join us at an event. To keep up with our work, please follow us on Instagram. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima allamtana wa zidna ilman wa amalan ya Rabbil Alameen amma ba'd The hadith, the prophetic saying that we want to cover today is narrated by a companion by the name of Sahal ibn Sa'ad. He reports that Allah's Messenger, our Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Inna hadha al-khayra khaza'in wa li tilka al-khaza'ini mafatih. Indeed, there are treasuries of this goodness, and these treasuries have keys. فَطُوبَى لِعَبْدٍ جَعَلَهُ اللَّهُ مِفْتَاحًا لِلْخَيْرِ مِغْلَاقًا لِلشَّرِ Blessed is the person whom Allah has made a key for goodness and a lock for evil. وَوَيْلٌ لِعَبْدٍ جَعَلَهُ اللَّهُ مِفْتَاحًا لِلشَّرِ مِغْلَاقًا لِلْخَيْرِ And may that person be ruined whom Allah has made a key for evil and a lock for goodness. Okay, this hadith begins by saying, إِنَّ هَذَا الْخَيْرَ خَزَائِنَ Verily, this goodness, the word in Arabic is khayr. You know in Urdu you have the word too. Khayriyat or khayr, right? Um... Verily, this goodness comprises of treasures. This goodness is treasures. Some scholars interpret this word, khayr, to mean deen. This religion, this religion of Islam is a collection of treasures. Some say no. Goodness, in general, goodness, you could say, example, goodness is a category within which there are subcategories and each one of those subcategories is a treasure. So goodness as a whole is a whole bunch of treasures. So we already learn that there are many types of goodness. There are many ways to be good, many acts of goodness. And each one of them is a treasure itself. And he says, these treasuries, each one of these treasures, they have keys. Okay, what would the keys be? So the hadith goes on to say, some people, Allah makes them, and these are, the, these are blessed people, the hadith says. Allah makes them keys to good and makes them locks for evil. So some of the scholars mentioned that we understand from this hadith, 
When the Prophet says that goodness has treasures, when you read ahead in the hadith, you understand that evil must also have treasures. And that there's various ways to be evil. So the hadith says, certain people, human beings, are those keys that go around and open the goodness, the treasure of goodness. Or they open a treasure of sin and evil. Or they take a lock and place a lock on some type of evil, some treasure of sin. Or some people will lock a treasure of goodness. And so people are of different types. First, goodness is of different types. And the people and what they do with their lives and their behavior and their actions will also do different things. Okay. So, what, what does it mean to open a lock? To open a treasure? What do you guys think? Does it mean, does it mean that there's a treasure of good, so if I go and do that good, that I've opened the treasure? It could mean that. But think of when you open a door. What happens then? Who can enter? You and many other people. That's, and that's why the hadith goes on to say, blessed are those people who are keys to goodness, in the sense that not only do they open the treasure of goodness for themselves, and they access that treasure by being good, they help pave the way for others to be good. Do you get that? They help pave the way for others to be good. And so that's important to understand here. To open a lock, or to open a treasure, is to access it yourself, but also to open up access to others. Okay, and the same would be said about when you lock it, you're not just locked out, you've locked everybody else out as well. Okay, here's the, here's the important question. What's going to determine if you or me or anybody will be a key for good, or a key for bad, or a lock for good, or a lock for evil? What's going to determine that? I mean, if I ask you right now, you're saying, we all want to be keys for good and locks for evil. That's what everyone's going to say. What determines that? And here I want to share a hadith. It's a very powerful saying of our Prophet wasallam. The, the hadith that we just read, which I just mentioned, explained about locks and keys and all that, that tells us what? Everybody has the potential to be a source of goodness. Sadly, everybody has the potential to be a source of evil. We can promote good and we can promote evil. Which way do you go? The Prophet ﷺ in one hadith, he says, People, and look at this analogy, people are like mines. And he, did, he, he went on to explain further, like mines of gold and silver, he specifically gave those examples. He didn't say like mines of copper and bronze and something low class. Like mines of gold and silver. Okay. 
And he says, The best of them in their days of ignorance, خِيَارُهُمْ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ خِيَارُهُمْ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ إِذَا فَقُوا The best of those, the best of them in the days of ignorance will become the best of them when they accept Islam, when they practice the teachings of Islam, provided that they have an understanding of their religion. Now this is, a, this is such a profound hadith. Every one of you, every one of us, is a mind. Okay, tell me about a mind. What do you got to do with a mind? It just has to exist. A mind is potential, right? You come across a mind, there's potential. There's potential now to do what? To dig. And that's not easy. You've got to dig and you've got to mine and you've got to really get down there. That's not enough though. That's not enough. You get down there, you pull out the gold, you pull out the silver, and then what? Clean and refine. You find diamonds, you find pearls, and you still have to polish and clean. What's going to determine if I... Look, we all have that potential in us. The hadith tells us we're all minds. We all have potential, every person. In our deen, our deen, our Islam is not a religion of giving up hope on people. That's not what it is. We don't give up hope on people. Our Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, did not give up hope on people. That's not his practice. Till the final moment he worked on his uncle. Oh my uncle, please accept Islam. And his own uncle didn't accept. But he didn't give up hope. He didn't say, well, oh, well, too bad for you. No, it's like, no, you got to work with them. You got to work with them. For their sake. Right? The people of Ta'if, the famous story of Ta'if. Man, don't we sometimes give up on people because they mistreat us? Oh, like that person treats me bad. Fine, next time I'm going to the halaqa, I'm not even going to tell them. So you're going to deprive them of the good because of your own personal, you know, grievance against them. I mean, we do it, but the Prophet ﷺ put people's goodness and their guidance above everything. Above even his own pain. How badly he was treated and he didn't give up hope. Everybody has hope, everybody has potential, everybody's a mind. The key that will determine, the key, that's not the word I want to use here. What will determine whether you, we become keys of goodness or keys of evil is how much effort we put on ourselves. Leave a person to their vices, it's so easy for that person to just naturally become a key of evil. And you might say, why? How does that happen? How does that happen, right? Like, what would just naturally lead a person? When someone, and here's the interesting thing, right? If somebody's going down the wrong path, why are they going down the wrong path? We're quick to externalize the cause and say, shaitan, or bad company. We, what about the nafs within the person? When you think of the very you know, origin story, Adam salam and his two, the Prophet Adam and his two sons, Qabil and Habil. What happened? They were the, the, the children of prophets. So why was there a problem there? 
jealousy. The nafs becomes jealous of somebody. You don't need external influence there. You just need to possess a nafs. That's enough for the person to now be susceptible to falling prey to evil. Because you have within you what, what some would call the ego, the base desires. You don't have to teach someone jealousy. Have you noticed that? You don't have to teach Humera. I don't have to teach her. I'm like, my kids, I didn't teach them jealousy. It's natural. Do you understand? If you love, it's natural and easy to become jealous. You don't have to teach it. What, how does that happen? How does it just happen? It happens because you have a nafs. And the nafs can cause a person to go astray. That's why if you don't work on somebody, if a person doesn't work on themselves, can they become worse? Yes. What if they keep themselves away from bad company? Yes, they can still become worse. You become lazy. Does someone need to influence you to become lazy, for example? Someone comes to you in the morning, every morning, and tells you, don't get out of bed. And that's why you stay in bed, the extra. And that's why you keep hitting the alarm 50 times, because someone comes and tells No! It's, a, it's from within. As a matter of fact, it's so strong from within, we fight off those people who try to come and say, no, get up, don't be lazy. And then we see them as our enemy. Like, God, you won't let me sleep. That's the nafs. You don't teach the nafs that laziness. The nafs is inclined to it naturally. That's why it's so important for us to work on ourselves. All the time. So that we can unlock that potential, that gold and silver that's within this mind. And when you do that, you can become a, a key to goodness. And the hadith tells us, okay, how good can you become? This is, this is incredible. The Prophet ﷺ says, Those who are incredible in their ignorance will become incredible in their knowledge. What made Sayyidina Umar so great? The companion of our Prophet. Sayyidina Umar. Was he like a, just like a bench warmer during the days of ignorance? He was a superstar. People looked up to Umar. They admired him. They admired him for his strength. That strength was a positive being used for the wrong reason. It's like, it's like, you know like, mastermind criminals? They're still masterminds, right? They're still masterminds. And actually, if you can get them to work on and like become and work for the good cause, they're like one of the most valuable assets. It's not a matter of Criminal or not, it's, it's the mastermind component. When put to evil, oh my God, they can do so much bad. So much, so much, so many problems can come out of it. But when put to good, mashallah, look how many crimes they can prevent. Do you understand? How many of us have so much good in us that maybe right now is just being put, it's either being wasted or it's being put to the work of evil. You ever seen creative people? When they use their creativity for the wrong reasons? For things that do not please Allah Ta'ala? No sooner do they receive guidance that they begin to direct their creativity towards that which pleases Allah. And we need that creativity. And that's why no matter what you have, this is important, 
No matter what skill you have, there's a use for it in goodness. For example, for example, you know, um, if you had like a superstar basketball player and he's Muslim, what do you tell him to do? Quit basketball. Go sit in the masjid. No. MashaAllah, there are people in the masjid doing work. And he needs to go pray in the masjid too, sure. The influence this person has from that position? Stay there. And continue to impact from there. Continue to practice your religion, but use your influence from your position. You see, that's one of the beautiful things about the Prophet ﷺ. He didn't try to mold everybody into the same thing. You get it? Like the hadith says, the Prophet ﷺ, كَانَ أَشَدَّ حَيَاءً مِنَ الْعَذْرَاءِ فِي خِدْرِهَا أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ That he was, he was more modest and shy than a woman on her first night in her tent. Like, that's, that's why he wouldn't address people directly and like straight up tell them to their faces. You know, Umar was absolutely that guy. Absolutely that man. Like he would grab people by like the thing and say, come over here, you know, like, not just tell them, he would forcefully get them and say, he would tell the Prophet ﷺ, O Prophet of Allah, give me permission that I can chop off this guy's head, man, because he's being too disrespectful. Straight up. That's exactly the translation of the words. Da'ni, give me permission that I can just chop his head off. The Prophet ﷺ didn't say, no, Umar, you can't talk like that, you can't be that kind of person. Take your strength and make it into this kind of meekness. No, he understood that this strength has a purpose and it serves a certain purpose. And so it's to take everybody's skill and that was his, that was his, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gifted him with this ability. The ability to direct people towards what they could best use their talents for. So he didn't force people to become something that they're not. As they were, they used those skills for deen. And so in that way, they were able to open up the different keys. The different keys. Sayyidina Uthman, عنه, what was he famous for? Obviously his modesty. What was he famous for? We say Al-Ghani. What was the key he was always open, that he had that he could open things that he could open up the treasure, the tr literally a treasure of wealth. And he could spend his wealth for Islam to the point that on one occasion when he did that, the Prophet ﷺ told him, Oh Uthman, you are guaranteed paradise. For your help financially. There are many people, you know, they may not be the ones who pray or, or fast, all the extra fasts and prayers. But maybe they're opening up this one, this one treasure that many of us can't. Because we're broke, right? So, so they're opening up that key, that, that treasure, because they got the money to spend. And they're spending that money on goodness. Somebody has to fund all these good campaigns. These campaigns of goodness. And, and, and they're the ones doing that. And then you need someone to carry out the campaign. And there's people for that. Like, everybody has a role to play. We can't downplay anybody's role. There were companions, what did they do? They served the Prophet ﷺ. They would bring him his slippers, they would bring him his comb, they would bring him the things he needed, fill up water when he named wudu. We know so much about the Prophet ﷺ from them doing that. 
They weren't leading entire communities. Not everyone can be a leader. And some companions, the Prophet ﷺ told him, you're not fit for being a, for a leader. One companion, he told him, you're not fit for being a leader. It's just not for you. Do you understand? Sure, everybody can lead in a very small capacity. But the idea that everybody can just go lead a huge organization, maybe it's not for you. Just assume a, a, a different role. It's, it'll actually be better for you. You're not going to force yourself to be somebody you're not. Do you understand? And so, here's my question to you tonight. Which treasures of goodness do you open and can you open? Which ones? And you want to look at yourself and you want to say, okay, what am I inclined to? Now this is important to identify. It's important first, we know the basic requirements and responsibilities, the duties that we have as Muslims. Look, everybody has to pray five times a day. This idea, I'm not cut out for the five time prayer thing. Yes, you are. And you don't have a choice. That's not like, let me look at, look, let me look at myself. Do I want to open that treasure? You have to. Five times prayer is not an option. Right? Everybody should try to read a little bit of Quran every single day. Do a little bit of dhikr. Get a little bit of goodness, wherever you can. You have to fast in Ramadan, right? You have to one time, inshallah, if you have the means, go for Hajj. The basics, everybody has to do. But then, beyond that, what do you devote yourself to? And I've talked about this before. You ever seen certain people, they just love Qur'an? They just love, they're always reading Qur'an. Some people love knowledge. MashaAllah, just always studying, always teaching. Try and get them for halaqas and no, they're just teaching and studying. You get what I'm saying? Some people, they love serving. I've, I mentioned this before, like I know people, man, like you try to give them a book to read and they're asleep in 10 minutes. Start reading and boom, gone. But you get them to serve, like you know, like serve food or cook some food for like an event. MashaAllah, they will, they will spearhead that project, no problem. And it's funny because they'll come to me and they'll be like, tell me how you read books. Like how you can just sit there and just keep reading. I just fall asleep. And I'm like, dude, how do you get the passion to like want to make a new recipe every week? MashaAllah, like that's your thing. It's just, there's no explanation. Personality types are different. Do you understand? And then we learn this. Even amongst the companions, example, is every companion famous for their knowledge? No. For example, one of the more famous ones is Abu Hurairah for his narration of hadith. That's something that he was inclined to. The Prophet made dua for him. He devoted himself to it, inclined to it, right? And mashallah, look at him. Other companions didn't do that as much. You don't even sometimes see that many ahadith that they narrated. And so, everybody's different in their abilities. It's a matter of taking that and using it for good. That's what's so important. So use it for good. In the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba, it's mentioned that once, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, someone asked him, why don't you fast more like optional fasts? You know the nafil? Why don't you fast more of the optional fasts? And he said, when I fast, it weakens my ability to recite the Qur'an. 
and I love to recite the Quran. So I just fast the, you know, the obligatory, the, the, the Ramadan fasts. And other than that, I just try to devote myself to Quran. That was the great companion, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Recognizing not everything's for everyone. And sometimes Allah creates an inclination within you towards something. And after fulfilling your basic responsibilities, you can devote yourself to it. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a beauty, beautiful thing about our deen. It doesn't force you to be somebody you're not. You ever seen creative people? And you try to like stifle the creativity? No, just, just do these things in this really dry way. That's like killing the spirit of that person. No, allow them to express that creativity. The Prophet ﷺ encouraged poets. The key, the key always is ensure that it's for good. Because it can easily go the other way. Do you get it? Like you could be, you could be very physically gifted, and you could use that for like good, to like stay healthy and serve your family and help out whenever there's a need for some, you know, moving something or physical work in the community to serve someone else. Or you could use that to show off. And you could use that to attract attention to yourself. You see, like every blessing is a fitna. It can be used for good, and we can easily take it towards evil. I mean, even knowledge. Even knowledge. Even worship. Isn't that crazy? Even worship. What does shaitan use worship for? Arrogance. The devil, shaitan, he worshipped. So you, you might think, that's okay, that's immediately good. No. He used it for evil. To make himself arrogant. Allowed himself to become arrogant. And to, to reject God. And say, no, I will not do what you're telling me. Because I know better. I am better than Adam. Do you see that? Anything we have, what are you using it for? Sometimes it's a matter of, I'm using it for evil and that's a problem. And sometimes it's a matter of not even using it. Imagine you have something to offer people and you just don't share it. And people are deprived of your good. Maybe that if you were to use it, you could become the answer to someone's dua. Someone desperately needs something, and you have the ability to fulfill it, but you're holding yourself back. To not do that. I want to share with you uh, one other incident, and then some hadith. Imam Malik, Imam Malik, rahmatullahi alayhi, is known for his knowledge, as a person of knowledge, one of the imams of the madhabs. A man wrote to Imam Malik, one of the worshippers, the, the person who wrote to him was a really, really, really like devout worshiper. So he'd always be praying and fasting and all that. So he wrote to the Imam to say, listen Imam, you've been doing all this teaching and studying for a long time now. That's enough. Come, come do the real work with us. The worship. Come join us because we're doing important stuff. Yeah, you, you do, you're doing important stuff too, but like, you know, ultimately we got to worship. So come, join us in worship. And Imam Malik, rahmatullahi alayhi, wrote back to him and said, listen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up for different people, different passions. And so sometimes he says a person, Allah opens up for them the love of Qur'an, and for someone else it's the love of prayer. For someone it's the love of fasting. For someone it's the love of helping other people. For some it's the love of spending for the sake of goodness. 
for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. So he says, listen, I don't consider what I'm doing to be any less than what you're doing. Because it's all goodness, and each one of us has an inclination, and we're pursuing that inclination. I want to share with you the, just some ahadith to finish off. The Prophet says in one hadith, مَنْ عَلَىٰ خَيْرٍ فَلَهُ مِثْلُ أَجْرِ فَاعِلِهِ Whoever guides someone to goodness, they'll receive the reward like the person who did it. You know the idea of opening up a treasure of goodness? Imagine, you not only do good, but through your example you inspire others. And you might say, come on man, who would be inspired by me? Let me tell you, have you ever, you ever seen somebody do something? Or just behave a certain way and it inspired you from a distance? You ever seen someone, maybe you went to the masjid one day, you saw somebody and it just, either talking to them inspired you, seeing them from a distance inspired you. Maybe you just met them once at a wedding or some function, and after that you never met them. But that, it left an impact on you. Has that ever happened? Good or bad, by the way. It could even be something else where like, they didn't, they didn't influence you in a good way. They may have influenced you in a bad way. You saw something and it was bad and you were inspired to do the bad. What, what's, my, what's the point I'm trying to make here? You know how you were inspired by somebody and maybe you didn't even tell them you were inspired? Maybe your behavior is serving as an inspiration for someone and you don't even know it. They're seeing you and they're inspired. Have you ever had someone come to you later on and tell you about that? Hey, you know, like I never told you this, but you know, back in high school, I used to see you like this. I was super inspired, man. Like, wow, mashallah. Deep down, I had mad respect for the way you carried yourself and, you know, whatever. You ever had that happen? No, I've heard of this happening. You know, like people... They'll go to their friends later on when they themselves kind of change, right? At the time, they're like, Yo, I don't want to talk to that person. But later on, they're like, you know, I had mad respect for you, you know? Like, I was the weak one who couldn't be like you. But now that I look back, I think, subhanAllah. Maybe people are looking at you right now and taking inspiration from your life. It could be a family member. It could be a community member. It could be that person that you're seeing on the bus, that you're seeing at work. I'm telling you, it happens. People come to you later on. You know what? I've been watching you and I'm super inspired by this one thing you did. I can tell you of some of my friends. I used to see them do things. I would never tell them necessarily that, hey, when you do X, Y, Z, I'm super inspired. But I would be deep down inspired. Like, yo, I want to do that. You get what I'm saying? Like, it just changes the way you think about something. Ever, you ever had someone say something that changed the way you looked at things? Do you get it? I'll tell you an example of a friend of mine. I've mentioned this before probably. I had a friend, and uh, look, it's just a natural thing, right? I'm a selfish person. Allah forgive me. So when I go buy a chocolate bar, I'm going to eat the chocolate bar. My friend, he would go to the vending machine and always buy like, like candy, you could say, or sweets that have like multiple pieces, like Starburst or something like that, you know, like multiple pieces. I'm like, that's not even, the one he, he used to buy, I think it was called Chew It's in England. It wasn't even nice. I was like, dude, that's terrible. With that money, you could buy a way better chocolate bar. And literally, that's all he said to me. He said, yeah, but it's hard to share the chocolate bar because it's one big piece. The Chew It's 
are easy to distribute. And that's what he would do. He'd literally walk around, everybody would meet. Assalamualaikum, yo, here, have a chew it. Dude, I was like, man. It just, it just rocked me in my way of thinking. I was like, how selfish am I, man? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't, I don't recall telling him. I don't recall ever telling him that that inspired me and changed the way I looked at things. But, it was, yeah, it was Mufti Umar Wadi, right? Like, yeah, like, but it, it left an impact on me. Imagine your actions are leaving an impact on somebody. And so the hadith tells us, when you guide someone to goodness, you get the reward of, of guiding them, of sharing with them, that, that, of opening up that, key, uh, uh, that treasure for them. They're accessing it. Now look at the hadith that goes on. Another hadith. The Prophet ﷺ says, مَن دَعَا إِلَى هُدًا كَانَ لَهُ مِنَ الْأَجْرِ مِثْلُ أُجُورِ مَن تَبِعَهُ لَا يَنْقُصُ ذَلِكَ مِنْ أُجُورِهِمْ شَيْئًا The one who calls to guidance. Right? So you call people to guidance. And that could be in so many ways. It could be by posting something of benefit online. It could be by leaving Qur'ans in the masjid. It could be by behaving a certain way that inspires many people coming after to do a certain act. And what happens? Everybody that comes and does that good, you get the reward of all of them without diminishing any of their rewards. The reward of opening up a treasure of goodness for others to come and access it. What happens when you open up a door of evil and leave that open? The hadith says everybody that comes after you and does that, you get the sin. You get a sin from it. Imagine someone posts a video that's haram on TikTok or on Instagram. They pass away. Nobody deletes that video. Everybody goes to see that. Everyone who goes to see the video gets a sin. And the one who posted it continues to get sin one after the other. One after the other. That's one thing about the internet. Is it, it you know, immortalizes you for good or for bad. So we have to be super careful what we share. Lest we perpetuate something and open up a, a, a treasure of evil for people coming after us. You know, you post even, let's say you delete it, but for the time that you posted something wrong, everybody that came and saw it and, 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 and got a sin from seeing it, you get their sin too. Because you've indirectly called people to it by posting it. The believer is a responsible poster. A responsible poster. Because they understand that there's impact beyond just one person. It can go on and on. Imagine it gets forwarded. Oh, snap. Yeah? You post, and it gets shared, and shared, and shared, and shared. And now it's like, now the, the, more, the, the more views you get, the worse it is. Do you see the problem? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a flame you're playing with. And it can easily burn you, easily burn you. And so it's important that we recognize this, the impact of our actions. And we make an intention that we're going to work on ourselves, work to refine our nafs and our souls, really to discipline our souls so that we can become keys of goodness. We can avoid becoming keys of evil. That we can reflect on the impact of our actions on ourselves, 
on those around us and on generations to come. And that we use the talents and abilities that we have. May Allah Ta'ala grant us tawfiq to use those abilities for goodness, to be an inspiration for others, for generations to come. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullah khairan. Thank you so much to everybody for coming out. I always appreciate spending time with you guys. Um, please, again, we have some desserts at the back there. Try to finish them. Help us out here. And uh, um, so you guys should know by now, on Wednesday nights and Friday nights, y'all gotta eat less beforehand. Because you know when you come here, we got calories waiting for you. You know what I'm saying? So leave some calories for which, inshallah. Cool? Inshallah, we'll see you then. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. ولكل وجهة هو موليها فاستبقوا الخيرات أينما تكونوا يأتي بكم الله جميعا إن الله على كل شيء قدير